Psalm 119, verse 25. I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I give an account of my ways and you answer me. Teach me your decrees. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. Leviticus chapter 16, verses 1 and 22. Verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, who died when they approached the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark, or else he will die, because I appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. This is how Aaron is to enter the sanctuary area, with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. These are sacred garments, so he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. From the Israelite community, he is to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat who, whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot has the scapegoat. No, sorry. As, but the goat chosen by lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the desert as a scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the shall bring the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. And he is to slaughter the bull for his own sin offering. He is to take a censer full of burning coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and take them behind the curtain. He is to put the incense on the fire behind the, before the Lord and the smoke of the incense will conceal the atonement cover above the testimony so that he will not die. He is to take some of the bull's blood with his finger, sprinkle it on the front of the atonement cover. Then he shall sprinkle some of it with his finger seven times before the atonement cover. He shall then slaughter the goat for the sin offering for the people and take its blood behind the curtain and do with it as he did with the bull's blood. He shall sprinkle it on the atonement cover and in front of it and in front of it. In this way, he will make atonement for the most holy place because of the uncleanliness and, rebe and rebellion of the Israelites, whatever their sins have been. Uh, he is to do the same for the tent of meeting, which is among them in the midst of their uncleanliness. Uncleanness. No one is to be in the tent of meeting from the time Aaron goes into make, goes in to make atonement in the most holy place until he comes out having made atonement for himself, his household, and the whole community of Israel. Then he shall come out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it, 
you shall take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on the horns of the altar. He shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times to cleanse it and to consecrate it from the uncleanness of the Israelites. When, uh, when Aaron had finished making atonement for the most holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall bring forward the live goat. He is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them away uh, and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the desert in the care of a man appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all the sins to a solitary place, and the man shall release it in the desert. Uh, this is the word of God. Uh, good morning, church. My name is Alan, and uh, it's my joy to be able to explain God's word to us this morning. Uh, why don't I pray to, before we begin our sermon? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you may give us uh, ears to hear and hearts to understand and help me to explain the passage clearly and faithfully. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. On the 11th of August, news headlines across the world flashed this. Donald Trump escorted from press conference by Secret Service after White House shooting. Donald Trump had just began a press conference when a Secret Service agent walked, into the, walked onto the stage, whispered something into his ear, then escorted him out of the briefing room. Apparently, a man was just shot outside the White House. That man was armed with a weapon and was near the edge of the White House grounds. He was considered a threat by Secret Service, and so he was shot by a Secret Service agent. He was then taken to the hospital in a critical condition. There are some places in the world which you can't enter without authorization. And, and the White House is one of those places. Well, the White House is the official residence and workplace of the President of the United States. You can't just walk into the White House without authorization. Another place which you cannot enter without authorization is the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the house of the Lord, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the king and president of the universe, as it were. In Leviticus 10, two weeks ago, we saw Nahab, Nadab and Abihu entering the tabernacle without authorization. They offered unauthorized fire, and then they died. Leviticus 16 continues on from that story. Take a look at verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron who died when they approached the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark, or else he will die. For I will appear in the cloud above, uh, over the atonement cover. Once again, God reminds Moses and Aaron the danger of entering the tabernacle without authorization. They will die. But this time, God specifically refers to the most holy place. The most holy place, also known as the Holy of Holies, was a specific section 
in the tabernacle. The tabernacle, also known as the tent of meeting, was basically this giant tent. Uh, the entrance of the tent was a curtain, and within the tent there was another curtain. And behind this second curtain was a separate section called the most holy place. Behind the curtain was where the Ark of the Covenant was placed. The Ark of the Covenant was where the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments were stored. The Ark had a golden cover on it, which was called the Atonement Cover. And this Atonement Cover, also known as the Mercy Seat, represented the very presence of God. The Atonement Cover was like the throne of God. And the most holy place was like the throne room of God. Aaron was commanded uh, to not enter the most holy place whenever he chooses, just like how you can't enter the White House without authorization. At best, you'll be escorted out by security. At worst, you'll be shot on the spot. So likewise, Aaron can't go behind the curtain into the most holy place without authorization. So how can Aaron enter the most holy place? That's what Leviticus 16 is all about. Right? There are certain preparations and procedures that need to happen. We will see the, the how and the why and the when uh, Aaron can enter the most holy place. But first, the preparations. Verses 3 to 10 are a summary of what Aaron needed to prepare before entering the most holy place. Uh, he needed to bring, a, uh, you can look at verse 3, he needed to bring a bull and a ram to atone for his own sins. Verse 4, he needed to put on sacred linen garments after bathing himself. Verse 5, he needed to take two goats and a ram from the Israelite community for their sins. Verse 8, he needed to cast lots for the two goats. Verse 9, one of the goats will be sacrificed as a regular sin offering. And verse 10, the other goat will be presented as a scapegoat. And these are all the different things that Aaron needed to prepare before going into the most holy place, before entering the most holy place. And once the preparations are ready, Aaron can then carry out the procedures after entering the most holy place. The preparations are like the how of entering the most holy place. The procedures are like the why of entering the most holy place. You see, Aaron is not entering the most holy place for fun. It's not like a special tour of the White House. Welcome to God's throne room. Come, take a look. Come, take some photos. Come, take some selfies even. No, 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 no. Aaron is given a a specific purpose for entering the most holy place. The only reason for which God allows Aaron into, uh, to enter the most holy place is to purify it. And that's where the sin offering comes in. The sin offering can also be translated as the purification offering. Uh, there are two main procedures that do the work of purification. One, there's the sprinkling of blood in verses 11 to 19. And two, sending away the scapegoat 
in verses 20 to 22. First, let's look at the sprinkling of blood. Look at verse 11. Aaron shall bring the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. And he is to slaughter the bull for his own sin offering. If you remember from the first sermon in, Levit- in Leviticus, David explained the five different types of offerings. The purpose of a sin offering was to purify or cleanse the stain that is left by sin. When the Israelites didn't realize they had sin, and then they realized later on, they were to offer a sin offering. The priests would sprinkle the blood of the sin offering on the curtain of the tent. Not the curtain of the most holy place, but the curtain which is the entrance of the tent. And this time, Aaron needed to do something similar, but with the most holy place. But just before Aaron can go, uh, can go behind the curtain and enter the most holy place, he needed to do something else, uh, which you can see in verses uh, 12 to 13. He has to take a censer for burning coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and take them behind the curtain. He has to put the incense on fire before the Lord and the smoke of the incense will conceal the atonement cover above the tablets of the covenant law so that he will not die. Aaron needed to take some incense and burn it so that the space behind the curtain will be filled with smoke. The smoke would then conceal the full glory of the holy God so that Aaron will not die. Now at this stage, Aaron is well and truly behind the curtain and in the most holy place. But again, Aaron is not there for a special tour. He is there to purify the most holy place. Take a look at verse 14. He is to take some of the uh, blood, uh, he is to take some of the bull's blood and with his finger sprinkle it on the front of the atonement cover. He shall then sprinkle some of it with his finger seven times before the atonement cover. Uh, He shall then slaughter the goat for the sin offering for the people and take its blood behind the curtain and do with it as he did with the bull's blood. He shall sprinkle it on the atonement cover and in front of it. So Aaron is to sprinkle blood on the atonement cover and then on the ground in front of the atonement cover. The blood is what makes the atonement. But in the next chapter, in Leviticus 17, in verse 11, God says, For the life of a creature is in its blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. The blood is what deals with sin and the stain that is left by sin. So by sprinkling the blood, Aaron would be purifying and cleansing the stain and uncleanness left by himself and by the sins of the Israelites. That's exactly what God explains in verse 16. In this way, he will make atonement for the most holy place because of the uncleanness and rebellion of the Israelites, whatever their sins have been. He is to do the same for the tent of meeting, which is among them in the midst of their uncleanness. The Israelites were unclean because of the stain left by all their sins. Yes, the Israelites made offerings whenever they realized their sins, 
but there were definitely times when they had committed a sin but never realized it. It's kind of like me cooking in my kitchen. When I cook in the kitchen, things get pretty messy sometimes. I don't even know why. Uh, when I spill something and I see it, I would immediately wipe the mess away. But sometimes, you know, pasta sauce or whatever sauce would splash out of the wok or from the pan onto the wall. And often I don't realize straight away because the color of the tiles on the wall, uh, they tend to camouflage the pasta sauce. So the stain could be left there for, for days, sometimes even weeks. I know, it's, it's pretty gross. But it's the same with the Israelites. When they realized their sins, they would offer a sacrifice to deal with the sin and the stain. But when they didn't realize, the sin would be left unnoticed and it would stack up. And that's why Aaron needed to purify the most holy place and the tent of meeting, to purify the stain left unnoticed by the Israelites, whatever their sins have been. But it wasn't just Aaron who was reminded of this uncleanness, this gross stain left by sin. The whole community of Israel was to be reminded too. Take a look at verse 18. Then he shall come out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. He shall take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on all the horns of the altar. He shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times to cleanse it and to consecrate it from all the uncleanness of the Israelites. Just before Aaron was in the most holy place and in the tent by himself. You can see verse 17. No one else was able to be in the tent while Aaron was in it. So no one else was able to see what was going on. But now Aaron is to come out of the tent. This was intended as a, pub, as a public demonstration for all the Israelites to see just how unclean they were and to see how necessary it was to cleanse the altar from their uncleanness. So sprinkling the blood was the first procedure which dealt with the uncleanness and the rebellion of the Israelites. This procedure is quite similar to the regular offerings in Leviticus 4. But the second procedure is very different to any, anything we have seen so far in Leviticus. The second procedure is sending away the scapegoat. We will now take a look at the second procedure that Aaron was commanded to do. And that's our second point for today, sending away the scapegoat. How is sending away the scapegoat different to a regular sin offering? Take a look at verse 20. When Aaron has finished making atonement for the most holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall bring forward the live goat. Remember how Aaron took two goats from the Israelites and he cast lots for them? Before we saw one of the two goats being slaughtered and its blood was then sprinkled. Now Aaron is to use the other goat, the scapegoat, to make atonement. Verse 21, he is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all this wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. Again, you might have noticed, this is not that different to the regular sin offering in Leviticus uh, 4. 
For all sin offerings, they were meant to lay their hands on the animal's head. This symbolized that the sins were transferred from the person or the people uh, to the animal. The bull or the goat would then be carrying the, sin, the sins of the people and then die on their behalf. But this time, instead of slaughtering the goat, Aaron was told to do something different. Take a look at what Aaron needed to do next. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all their sins to a remote place and the man shall release it into the wilderness. Aaron was told to send the goat away into the wilderness, into the middle of whoop-whoop. The goat that bore all the sins of Israel was to be sent away from the community of Israel. So instead of the goat dying for the sins of Israel, it carries away the sins of Israel. So if sprinkling the blood of the first goat was a visual image of God carrying out the punishment for sin, then sending away the second goat was a visual image of God carrying away the presence of sin. Sprinkling the blood was a visual image of God carrying out the punishment for sin. Sending away the scapegoat was a visual image of God carrying away the presence of sin. There is another image in the Old Testament which combines both of these two visual images. The image of blood and the image of a scapegoat. But this time, instead of a goat or another animal, it was the image of a man. A man whose appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being. A man whose form was marred beyond human likeness. A man who is stricken, who is afflicted, who is pierced, who is crushed. I'm of course referring to the image of the exalted yet suffering servant in Isaiah 52 and 53. This servant was covered in blood. But his blood was not shed for his own sins. Take a look at Isaiah 53. Verse 4. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. The Hebrew word here for bore is the exact same word as a Hebrew word for carry. Just as the scapegoat carried the sins of the Israelites. Verse 6, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, just as Aaron laid his hands on the scapegoat. Verse 8, he was cut off from the land of the living, just as the scapegoat was cut off from the promised land and sent away into the wilderness. Verse 10, the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, just as the scapegoat was a sin offering to make atonement for all the sins of the Israelites. And finally, verse 12, for he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. 
several hundred years later, after Isaiah's prophecies, Jesus declared that he is this servant. Jesus says in Luke chapter 20, verse 37, it is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. Jesus is the exalted yet suffering servant in Isaiah 53. When Jesus was raised and lifted up and exalted on the cross, he was suffering for our sins. And not just some of our sins, but all of our sins. The blood of the bull and goat was sufficient to atone for all the sins of the Israelites. And so the blood of Jesus is sufficient to atone for all our sins. So don't you dare think there is a sin which can't be atoned by Jesus. There isn't. There is no sin too great and no sin and no stain too deep. The blood of of Jesus will wash it white as snow. And that's not even the best part. Can you believe it? Jesus' sacrifice can atone not only for all sins, but also for all time. Jesus' sacrifice was both perfect and permanent. We've looked at the how and the why for Aaron can enter the most holy place. And now we'll look at the when. Take a look at Leviticus 16, uh, verse 34. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. Atonement is to be made once a year for all the sins of the Israelites. The day of atonement was a yearly event on the seventh day of the tenth month. Sorry, on the tenth day of the seventh month. This day was the only day when Aaron or the high priest that year, can go behind the curtain and enter the most holy place. Only one man on one day every one year can go behind the curtain and enter the most holy place. The high priest that year would go to make atonement for all sins, but only for the previous 365 days unless it's a leap year, of course. This atonement covered all sins, but not for all time. But Jesus' sacrifice atoned for all sins and for all time. His sacrifice was both perfect and permanent. How do we know that Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient for all sins and for all time? When Jesus died on the cross, the temple of the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. The curtain of the most holy place was torn in two. God's presence is no longer concealed behind this curtain or some smoke from burning incense. God's presence is no longer just available to only one man on one day every one year. God's presence is now available to all people at any time. Not because of anything we have done, 
but because of Jesus, whose blood is sufficient. The 16th president of the United States was Abraham Lincoln. Like most other presidents, he, Abraham Lincoln also lived in the White House for a period of time. There was once a soldier who tried many times to see Lincoln at the White House. Apparently, he was justly depraved of his land after the, the Civil War and was seeking justice. But every time he tried to enter the White House, the guards crossed their guns in front of the door and turned him away. I mean, of course, he was a notarization. So he just, one day, he just sat outside the grounds of the White House, sad, tearful, feeling hopeless. A young boy walked by, saw the soldier, and asked him why he was so sad. Uh, the man explaining the story and how he was unable to enter the White House to see the president. The boy motioned for the soldier to follow him. When, the, when they approached the entrance, the guards came to attention, stepped back, and opened the door for the boy. He then led, led the soldier into the library and introduced the soldier to President Lincoln. That boy was Tad Lincoln, the fourth and youngest son of Abraham Lincoln. Of course, the son of the president can give the soldier full access to the White House. And likewise, Jesus, the son of God, gives us full access to the presence of God. In fact, God lives in us by his spirit. There's no longer a curtain which separates us. We're no longer considered unclean and stained by our sins. The holy God can now dwell among his people and even within his people because Jesus has made the atoning sacrifice for us and his blood is sufficient. If you're not a believer of Jesus, then this is what you're missing out on right now. A full cleansing of your sins by the blood of Jesus. No matter how great or how deep your sin might be, the blood of Jesus can wash it away white as snow. A full access to God which no other religion dares to offer. It's too offensive. It's too obscure. It's too absurd. How can the God who created the universe live inside mere mortals? But that's the God who we worship. The God who offered his own son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. If you are a believer of Jesus, then this should be an enormous encouragement for you. What we have is nothing like what the Israelites had. Only one man on one day every one year could enter the most holy place. And even then, the, the high priest needed smoke to conceal the holiness and the glory of God. But for us, we have full access to God. 
because God now lives in us by his spirit. So never for one second should we take the Holy Spirit for granted. Right? We often give thanks for Jesus for him dying on the cross for us, which is well and good. But why don't we give thanks more often for the Spirit? The Spirit is the assurance and the guarantee that our sins have been fully atoned because God now lives in us by his Spirit. Why don't we give thanks to God for his Spirit? Let's pray. Almighty God, creator of the universe, we thank you for Jesus who is the scapegoat, the atoning sacrifice. And we thank you that his blood is sufficient to cleanse us from all our sins. Thank you that this means that you're able to live in us now by your spirit. And so we give you thanks for your spirit who lives in us, who assures us that our sins are forgiven and assures us that you will hold on to us to eternal life. So we give you thanks for the Spirit. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.